Welcome to episode 150 of the Mash Those Buttons Mash Cast. I am Jared and I'm here with Scourge of Iron Forge and Games Industry Public Defender, Nick Sullenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and how are you doing, Nick? I'm doing. I'm doing. Uh, yeah, on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, I'm pretty sure uh, in Georgia it's beautiful. It actually, it actually is, and unfortunately, I'm I'm in my my office. I got the door closed and the windows closed to keep all the sound out, but it's also keeping the beautiful weather out. So, yeah, the, get- nor- the northeast doesn't like it. I'm pretty sure we're supposed to get like another snowstorm. Seriously? But that's that's what I heard. That's that's. I what s- I heard. I'm gonna have to mow the lawn like next weekend, and I could <laughs> actually I think I've heard lawnmowers going today, and I fully expect you guys still have snow on the ground, right? Uh, a little bit. See, that's I don't know. The, the the mowing season is too long here. No, the mowing season is too long. Yes. Yeah, supposedly Monday night. We'll see. But we'll see. I don't know. Uh I hope not I'm supposed to travel far. But anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the Mashcast. Uh you might have noticed a distinct lack of Mashcast last week. Yeah, blame it on the snow. <laughs> yeah, so as you know, PAX East was last weekend. Uh, we were supposed to be at PAX East, however, the snow kept that from happening. Basically, it snowed. The day before PAX, I get a call saying that my flight was canceled. I can't even, get, I'm calling uh, US Airways, I can't even get anybody on the phone. That's how backed up they were. And then the ne- very next day, there was no way I was getting to the airport with the with the, the amount of snow that we had. No way. Okay, so basically that was that. Was that. It wasn't happening. Didn't make it to PAX. Uh, we were going to wait till Monday to do the recording anyway, so we could have, you know, any PAX news that really came out, we'll be able to talk about. But Monday kind of got messed up as well. So, uh, yeah. No MASHcast last week. We actually didn't have an orbit last week either. Had some uh, difficulties getting that scheduled. Uh, all of which were my fault. <laughs> I will admit that. But last week was just not a good podcast week for us. No. At all. Uh, this week's going to be different. Obviously, you're listening to the MASHcast now. And uh, we do have an Orbit coming and a WoW Talk coming this week. So, you're welcome. <laughs> Sorry for last week. But uh, it almost feels like... It almost feels like we didn't miss all that much. Um, Not at PAX, anyway. Not at PAX. Like, yeah, at PAX, like, I don't know, I was waiting for some big news to come out. I really didn't see anything. You know, most of the big news happened at GDC, it felt like. Yes. Well, I think most of the, 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 the stuff you get out of PAX is all, you know, actually getting to see some of the, the indie games that are in development, getting the, to hand, you know, getting your hands on those, um, which that we're not going to get. But I think, yeah, as far as, like, major announcements, that, yeah, that's been the domain of GDC, if anything. Yeah, for the last, actually, Nick was discussing earlier, uh, you know, when we went to PAX in 2013, uh, GDC was the week after PAX. And so there was, a, there was a lot of good stuff at PAX, lots to talk about, announcements, things like that. Uh, whereas now, GDC appears to be the week before PAX. And a lot of, you know, I mean, perfect example, back at PAX East 2010, NVIDIA announced, you know, at the time, the latest, greatest video cards at PAX. Well, this year, they announced the latest, greatest in video, or well, mobile video, I believe, you know, Titan X, they announced that at GDC. So there's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I think uh, we we talked about earlier. We think they should move packs. I think th- I think they should put packs and GDC at the exact same time. 
Oh yeah, why is that? I, I mean, it, it splits it's it splits the developers to a degree, um, and there would be have some choices to be made there. But but PAX is fundamentally more of a fan show, and GDC is more of an industry show, and there is a slight difference there. And yeah, but I, I, I think it, it, well, it, it might strain some companies and to have to choose which one you want to go to. At the end of the day, it's like they, it'll, they would almost be like you just pick that weekend, you pick whether you're going to be a GDC or PAX, and you go and you throw all of your efforts there instead of having to kind of divide your time between the two conventions. I think one of the things I think one of the articles that we're, we're not going to talk about was uh, like somebody talking about how everybody at GDC is tired, and then they mentioned like, oh, everybody's tired here, and then we get to go to PAX for another weekend, and it's like. Like, you wouldn't be tired. Like, yeah, you'd miss out on half the event, but I think, you know, at least this way, it would allow PAX to be more about the fans in a way. And I think also it would take some of the attention off GDC, let that be more of just an industry event. I think there's still a lot of conflation between the two. Well, no, I mean, like, well, just the time when PAX and GDC overlapped with each other, uh, there was a lot of trouble with that. And that overlap was only one day. And a lot of the same people who mount who man booths at PAX are the same guy or the same people like you know from from companies like GDC or EA or whatever. Yeah, they're the same people who mount who uh, man booths at GDC. Yeah, but you're gonna tell me like EA couldn't afford to send have like two boot like a booth at PAX and a booth at GDC. They could, but they're not. Well, then- because they have they have a team dedicated to doing stuff like so that. So grow the team. It's more more jobs for the industry then. They don't want to spend any money. Well, then, then, that's, then they can choose which one they want to go to. I think they need. I think they need to be separate. But I do think that. Well, just the simple fact that you're talking about being in Boston in March. Yes. Like, I mean, it would be worse if it was February. But you're talking about being in Boston in March. They need to move packs to like springtime, like and not beginning of March, maybe end of March. Yeah, but the, you know? yeah, but I, I, they they did that, and that's when they ran into the whole oh, you scheduled packs for Easter debacle. Oh, I think. Whatever. Uh, I think they're no. I think they've intentionally moved it earlier because they're trying to make sure that you know that they don't have that happen again. And unfortunately, they. It's one of those things where I think it's easy to think like, oh yeah, March. When you're looking at that on the calendar, like in the middle of August, you're like, there's no snow in March. Spring is March, and you forget that like spring is the end of March. Yes, exactly. There's been plenty of storms that have hit the Northeast. Uh, you know, in the last 20 years in March that have messed up things majorly. And well, so... how about this? How about people pick between Easter and PAX? <laughs> Why don't we just do GDC, PAX, and Easter all the same weekend? <laughs> I pick PAX. That, that PAX that they had, PAX during Easter, they gave out those eggs with those codes, those game codes. That was awesome. Were you there for that one? No, I was. Oh, yeah, with... dude, that was awesome. That was PAX 2012, I think. It was a, a bunny, you know, running around, giving out eggs, and inside the eggs were, were CD keys. And when you pop the keys in the Steam, boop, games. That's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. That's, I, I feel like that's what I'm going to do for my kids when uh, when we start doing Easter egg hunts. They'll just buy a bunch of game keys off Steam and just put them in the eggs and let them find that in the yard. Uh-huh. Actually, I'll just buy a bunch of keys off Steam and I'll just play the games. Oh. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then just tell them about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that was such a good game. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, they, they, and I wasn't the only one. I mean, there were a lot of, uh, well, there were some developers who couldn't make it. There were some uh, games media who couldn't make it. You know, um, so yeah, it, it was just it, it wasn't a great time. I mean, it still had a good turnout. I know a lot of people were there, but dude, I just didn't hear a lot from it while it was going on. 
and neither did a lot of people who you know keep up with that stuff. It might have been one of those you needed to be there, yeah, <laughs> you know things. So I don't know. I, I'm interested in going to, to to PAX in Seattle though, since I yes. missed this one. You know, so we'll see. We'll see about doing that. But uh, since we haven't done a podcast in about a week and some change, um, well, actually almost two weeks now, uh, we have quite a bit to cover. So let's get into it. Um, first off, I'm gonna start with our news bites, obviously, but uh. During GDC, uh, Valve, they uh, released what uh, they're calling a Steam Link. It's a, it's a piece of hardware, and uh, basically what it does is it, you, know, you connect it to your network, and you can hook it up to your TV, and now you can stream games from your PC directly to your uh, TV. Just like that. And I think the device itself costs like 60 bucks. It's not bad. Oh, it's 50 bucks, sorry. 50 bucks it is. And that's not bad at all. For a streaming device, I'm looking at the back of it. It has two USB ports, one HDMI port, one Ethernet port. Okay? Uh, so, you know, who, I, I might actually replace my Xbox One with this thing. <laughs> because, like, I mean, I, some Steam game, most of my Steam games I'd rather play on PC, but there's some, you know, ones that I play with a controller that I wouldn't mind playing on my actual television. You know, yeah. like I, I, right now I'm playing Ori and the Blind Forest, which is an absolute beautiful game. I mean, I, dude, I, I, have you seen this game, Nick? Yeah, I, I remember it at the, seeing the E3 trailer. Dude, absolutely beautiful. I uh, actually did a test stream last night for it, and then I converted it to YouTube. And YouTube, like, because YouTube um, brings it down to 30 frames per second, it kind of, like, dulls the experience a bit, but... Oh my god, that's a beautiful game. But yeah, that game I would love to play on my uh, TV, uh, but I have it on, you know, for Steam. So uh, now the funny thing is, like, I guess the full package for the Steam Link will be a hundred dollars because the Steam Link itself is fifty bucks, and the Steam controller itself is sixty bucks. Hmm. You know, so you're talking about a hundred dollar, um, you know, package for you to stream and play uh, games on your uh, TV. Then again, I mean, it does have two USB ports, so I wouldn't be surprised if it supported wireless mouse and keyboard. But I wonder if even you can, like, plug in just, like, your 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 Xbox controller, like, something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Like, it, it, it would have to be, I mean, I'd have to have the driver for it, so that that would be interesting. That would be nice if that could work. But, yeah, Steam Link, it's it's happening, folks happening no uh you know you don't have to buy a steam machine or put together a steam machine to get your you know your steam games on your pc they're still coming though steam machines are coming they're coming but i think this is the better way to go to be honest with you yeah you already have a if you already have a a beefy pc and you don't want to spend like you know another 200 300 bucks on a steam machine just buy this steam machines are targeted all the people who are complaining about how underpowered the current generation of consoles is yeah. Like a Steam Machine, that's your that's your appropriately powered console for this generation. That is true. But for the rest of us who, you know, have who, you know, part of the PC master race, you could just now you could just put these on your TVs and, you know, buy everything on Steam now. Yeah. As long as the PC port doesn't suck, that's the only caveat. Yes. That's that's a different issue. 
Yes, not to mention, I'm sure that some games may not necessarily have the best streaming experience. Like, you know, like, for example, I mean, you would think at this point, right, most games would work with Crossfire or SLI, but, uh, like, a game like Ori actually performs very badly with Crossfire. I had to turn hmm. my cross For that game specifically, I have Crossfire turned off. Hmm. And it works much better. So I know streaming is also going to be one of those things that some games may work well, some games may not. You know. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's definitely something. I'm definitely getting one. Uh, I think you can pre-order it now. It's coming out in the... Actually, let me look. Because I think it says it's coming out in the actual summertime. I mean, yeah, not summertime, the wintertime. Uh, November 2015 is when it will officially be out. And you can buy it. Like You can purchase it on Steam. And I, I guess they'll mail it to you. Unless, you know, between now and then they're going to come up with some type of Steam 3D printer. <laughs> you know, that's how you get your wouldn't put it past hardware. Yeah, you know, with the way Steam works or Valve works, I should say. So yeah, that that's cool. Uh, Valve also debuted Source Two, uh, the Source Two engine. Uh, we haven't seen much uh, of it yet, but you know, there was a lot of talk about the Unreal Four engine and the uh, Unity Five engine. Which, by the way, if you didn't hear, for developers, I believe they're going to be they're, they're free now. Yes. Totally free. Which I mean, I didn't get too much detail on how Epic and Unity plan on getting their money from that. I don't know. Is it royalties? Well, no, or? it's still um, it, it's still like uh, it's if you publish, if you actually publish the game, I think I think uh, Epic has a, a royalty thing and uh, Unity has just a flat fee uh, that if you're actually going to publish. But if you're just sort of like a, a lone developer tinkering around with it, yeah, you can you can. It's free until you actually like release the game formally. Right. Okay. Well, that that works. Um. So yeah, but they they debuted Source Two. Now here's the thing: nobody really cares that they actually debuted Source Two. What everybody cares about is the fact that this means Half Life Three is on the way. That's what that means. Does it? It better. It better. Like it, it, it better. I mean, at this point, I have given up on the fact that Half-Life 2 Episode 3 is happening. At this point, they just gotta make a Half-Life 3. Okay? And, dude, uh, Gabe, God, I know you listen. Like, you, you've even a long-time supporter of the MASHcast. From your basement. Yeah. <laughs> dude, just make this the last Half-Life game. Please. Please. What if you've already seen the last Half-Life game? <laughs> that is true. That would be a that would be sad if they if they if the last Half-Life game if Episode Two was the last one, that would be so sad. That would be the probably the sad one of the saddest endings in video game history. It it would be really bad uh, for such a promise for not not promising series, such an awesome series. But uh, yeah, just make this the last one. Stop stop toying around. Make Gordon Freeman's journey end, please. We just want some closure here. That's all we're asking for. We don't want episode. We don't want you know Half Life Three Episode One, Half Life Three Episode Two. Obviously, that strategy doesn't work. If anything, I think he needs to just come out and announce that there, if there's never going to be a Half Life Three, just announce there's never going to be a Half Life Three. Yes, <laughs> because, <laughs> because people keep waiting for it. Yeah. So. Wow. But uh, yeah, so Source 2's out, Half-Life 3 on the way, alright? Uh, it, it really needs to be the first game they release with the Source 2 engine. It really does. Yeah. Just just well, saying. We have been so patient. 
We haven't burned Valve to the ground or anything like that. <laughs> you know? We just we just want the game, man. Uh, but next on the news bites, uh, there is a new ransomware called Tesla Crypt that is actually targeting games. What it does is it will encrypt certain game files and tell you that it wants five hundred dollars in order to decrypt them. Kind of like the uh, uh, you know what virus? What virus Crypt- is going Crypt- around? Crypto Locker. Crypto Locker. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Kind of like that, except now it's for games. And I mean, it's just funny because like. Oh, some of the games they mentioned are online games like World of Warcraft and things like that. And for that, it's like, really? You just, remo- you know, you kill it and then bring it back. But some other games like, you know, uh, Dragon Age Mass Effect. Um, uh, I didn't see Mass Effect mentioned in there. I did see Dragon Age Origins. Warcraft 3. Like, right. Uh, like, I, I, I mean, I suppose it's possible you still have an active save that you're playing on. But that's certainly an oldie. That um, is. Warcraft 3 was listed on there. Uh, there, there were a few others, but uh, Knights of the Old Republic, again, great game, but also I would expect, I hope you've played it and beaten it by now, but, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 well, I think, you know, that also might be telling too, that the reason it has to check, you know, name, name check a lot of old games is that, yeah, a lot of saves are moving to the cloud. It is actually kind of getting harder for them to, uh, you know, this is almost like a, a byproduct. You know, we complain a lot about, you know, like with like Diablo or, or SimCity, how, you know, those those are single player games and all of a sudden now it's all online and we have to play everything online. But at least online, we're not responsible for maintaining the save files. And so, yeah, somebody can come in and, and they do try to mess up your Diablo save. Um, but yeah, as long as you realize like, oh no, that's actually on online. I can wipe my computer and reinstall everything and I'm not going to lose my file. You were actually better off in that regard. Yeah. But even if not, is that same game worth $500? That's just something you just take to the chin. You know, you, well, just, take to the, that, that, you just take it to the chin. I'm sorry. There is no you game take it to, worth well, 500 yeah, bucks. Oh. You know, it's one of those things where I feel like for like 99.9% of the people, they'll be okay with this either they'll they'll accept the loss or they'll know uh you know know how to recover it or they have a backup in place and they can just reinstall everything Uh, but all you need is that like 1.01 percent of people that low fraction who actually will you know oh no my world of warcraft file is corrupted i need to pay 500 dollars to be able to do that um yeah and that makes the whole thing worthwhile unfortunately yeah well don't be that guy if, uh, well, the, here's the thing. Anybody listening to this is automatically not that guy. That's true. <laughs> like that guy does not listen to anything. That guy plays the game and probably does, you know probably didn't even install it himself. And that yeah that that guy's in his own little world, his own little bubble, and uh, it's gonna hurt when that gets burst. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean it's more of a uh, it's just a more of a nuisance than anything for a lot of us. Yeah. You know, but still like, watch out for it because it is a painful nuisance. It is. I mean, that's why you should be backing up your stuff. I mean, it's so easy yes. to do like online backup. I use a crash plan. It's like five bucks a month for unlimited storage. Like, come that's on, not bad. Not bad. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and they also have good support too. By the way, they don't sponsor this podcast, but they do have good support. <laughs> just, just to let you know. Is that, is that according to the Better Business Bureau? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there you go, Nick. Foreshadowing. Let it stop doing that, please. <laughs> Just let the, let the foreshadowing be. Just let it be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, next news bite is the next PS4 update is going to bring the uh, 
the long-talked-about suspend-resume feature. Uh, which, I mean, well, I guess it wasn't really all that talked about. I knew about it. A few other people that, um, you know, I, I talked to knew about it. And it's something we wanted where basically you could be in the middle of a game, you put your PS4 into rest mode, and it will suspend the game. That means when you turn your game, your PS4 back on, as soon as uh, you turn it on, bam, you are back where you left off. So that is coming with the next PS4 update. Uh, also, some additional things, sub-account to master account upgrades. You can, you know, take sub-accounts and make a master account. It'll be easier. You can search uh, for new friends uh, through Facebook. Uh, you know, I guess you can give uh, PS4 permission to your Facebook and they'll find your friends for you. Uh, remote play and share play now support 60 FPS. So that's pretty cool. Uh, new accessibility options, trophy improvements, and share clips to daily motion. I thought people only use daily motion to show the stuff that YouTube wouldn't show. Like somebody getting their head blown off or something like that. I didn't know if people actually use daily motion for regular videos. Oh, I guess we, we already can share to YouTube, so I guess it's one of those features. Why not add it? Well, okay. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, so those Daily Motion users, there you go. Uh, next news bite. Uh, Best Buy Gamers Club, that thing that, you know, you paid $100 for and you got discounts on games for, was it a year or two years? Two years. It's a two-year two year membership. Two-year membership. Well, that is being dropped from $100 for two years to $30 for two years, which ain't bad. If you buy new games... Physically, if you buy physical new games, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, you get 20% off of new games. So, off of what, like a $50 game, you'd save five bucks? No, like, no, 10 bucks. 10 I bucks. can't do math in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so two, basically two games then. You buy two $50 games and you've already paid for itself. Uh, no, you have to be three. Oh, three. Yeah. yeah. yeah three $50 games. Yeah. So, you you would have to, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's better than before because a hundred dollars is steep. That was steep. I mean, you know how many games you have to buy to make it worth it. Well, in that case, it would have been ten. Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, yeah, but no, and and I mean, yeah, I, I think ten games in two years. I mean, depending on your budget, you know, that may or may not be feasible. But two or three games in two years—that should be that that should be a little easier to hit. Yeah, to make it worth it. Yeah, I can't imagine Best Buy had great success with this thing, especially if they're dropping it by. What was the last thing Best Buy's had great success with? <laughs> I can name a few failures, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like so. This, uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you, I, I do buy games. Like sometimes, like, because I, I I work near a Best Buy, so like sometimes if I want to pick up a game, I'll just like slide past there before I go home, and and I'll pick it up. But it's not very frequently. You know, no. I mean, even looking at this, it's there's a lot of games that like you just buy online now. Like I buy everything off Steam or the PSN. Like I I can't remember the last time I actually. Well, that's not true. Last time I think I actually bought a game in the store was uh, uh Bioshock Infinite like a year ago. No, two years ago. Yeah, two years two years ago. Wow. The the, the biggest boon to uh, actually buying a uh, a physical game now is the fact that you could trade it in. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Like you can you can trade it in. Like if you buy some on PSN, you can't. But then again, you know, depending on if it's discounted on PSN or not, or what you get, it may not be worth the trade in price. May not be worth it. 
you buy a sixty dollar game, you turn around and trade it in for thirty dollars. Is it really worth it when you know you can get a pretty like a, a nice discount on PSN? Yeah, and have it available instantly. And then on top of that, if your PS4, you know, somebody steals your stuff, you still have access to the games. Like you know, like when my uh, when my Vita got stolen. I mean, I was pissed that the Vita got stolen, but it was just, you know, I just waited a month and bought another Vita, and bam, there it is. You know? I was able to uh, get all my games back. So, oh, this isn't bad, but, uh, you know, buying physical games is slowly dying out. Does that apply to collector's editions? Because that might be worth it then. Because, uh, you know, since it's a percent discount, like, you know, like an $80 collector's edition, now you're... You're you're saving what like sixteen bucks, like that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Actually, good point. I don't know. I'll uh, I may I'll look into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's move into our our next news bite. Uh, something we kind of knew was probably gonna happen, but nobody, I, nobody actually predicted it. But EA uh, shut down. Maxis, well, Maxis Emeryville, which is the main Maxis studio, uh, the guy, the, the the studio that is behind SimCity, Spore, and other Maxis games. I mean, obviously the the Maxis IPs um, are are still intact. The SimCities, the the Sims, uh, Spore, Dark Spore. If they ever come out with another something else from Spore, yeah, but uh. Yeah, that's another light that EA has put out. <laughs> this, that's a shame. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I spent much of my youth playing the Maxis games, and I've spent much of my adult life, too much of my adult life, playing The Sims in particular. And yeah, this 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 is it's a sad day. Those were those were good. Those are good games. Yeah. Yeah, like it, 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 it is. I mean, it's, it's just unfortunate, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that things that went the way it did. Um, the fact that SimCity, you know, the last SimCity didn't turn out that great, and the changes they made through it were like too little, too late. I, I think it had a lot to do with EA. Yes. You know, and them wanting to be able to, to keep their hands in gamers' pockets. Or, or or at least stay, stay attached to gamers. Like they, you couldn't just buy it and have your game, and that was it. Was I saw a comic, and it was uh, it said I think like the the ghost of customers' future or something. It was supposed to be like a riff on uh, on uh, uh, the the Christmas Carol, where you've got you know Scrooge digging his grave or whatever, but in front of the ghost of Christmas future. But it's it's the you know the ghost of customers future and it's bioware digging their grave and then in the background you see all the graves for all the studios that ea has purchased and then subsequently killed and there's you know you've got maxis uh i'm trying to think of the other ones that they bought i can't remember them off the top of my head but this isn't the first for ea it won't be the last um and it's i mean it's it's one of those troubles i think with you know with triple a development to a degree but i think a lot of that is a lot of that is that Activision and EA in particular, you know, like those two studios make up the bulk of AAA development. And however those companies are managed and whatever decisions they make, there's a lot of ramifications to that. And yeah, in this case, you know, EA kind of, you know, stuck their nose into, into SimCity development. Um, and I think that hurt, you know, that, that hurt the game that again, that always online 
presence that I talk about, you know, as far as preventing yourself from viruses, that's good. As far as, you know, making sure that the game is always playable, that's bad. Um, and yeah, that, uh, this is the end result here. What, two years later, year and a half later. Yeah. So sucks. Yeah. That thing you, were you describing a picture you saw? Yeah, there was a webcomic that somebody made, and I gotta see if I can. Find yeah, it. I was say like, <laughs> you should send that over. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it here. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, but uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Maxis. Oh, they're not gone. Gone. I think there's still some Maxis Studios, but the uh, the the main the, the main squeeze is gone. So sorry to hear him go. Uh, next news bite is uh, so we knew that Cliffy B he left Epic. No news to that. He's been working on a new project uh, called Project Blue Streak. Uh, I don't know, but uh, we're going to have the, the link to the video in the show notes. And it, I, it looks like an arena shooter. It looks like Unreal Tournament, unfortunately. I mean, like, that's the best I could compare it to. It really does look like, a, like another Unreal Tournament game. No details on how the game is actually going to play is available. You know, they showed like some guns. They show like a kimono. They're showing, like, you know, dragon statues and stuff like that. But we've seen stuff like that. Well, minus the kimonos in Unreal Tournament. My biggest concern here is that the publisher is Nexon. Could that, like... <laughs> it's it's a free-to-play game, first of all. So Cliffy B hopped on the free-to-play train. Free-to-play game. And the the, the publisher is Nexon, which... I don't know, Nexon and first-person shooter just usually doesn't go well. Like, if you've played Combat Arms, you know that's not that great of a game. You know? I don't know, free-to-play shooters in general aren't really that spectacular. Um, there's exceptions, of course. Team Fortress is free-to-play, but that's free-to-play. Like that, that did not start off as a free-to-play title. I mean, that was Orange Box first. Uh... You know they're very and they, even Black Lives um, what was is a revolution or a resolution, uh, revelation? I can't remember what the what it's called. Blacklight something starts with an R. I think revelation. Yeah, it, it uh that is actually a solid shooter that where you know the pay to play mechanic comes in and kind of ruins it because you can't get any good guns unless you start no, spending no, some retribution. Retribution, yeah. You can't, you know, you can't get good guns without spending cash, but Nexon, I don't know, man. Like, it's, I was, like, kind of into it as I was reading about it, and I was like, oh, Nexon, and I, it immediately turned me off to the game that Nexon is publishing this thing. I don't know, maybe, like, I just, maybe I just have a bias against Nexon. Like, I, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a Nexon game, which if the, the Nexon PR contact is listening to this, they'll probably stop sending me stuff now because I don't think I've ever enjoyed like really a, a, a decent Nexon game. But that's just me. Have you played a Nexon game? I don't think so. Because, I mean, poor, people love MapleStory. That's a Nexon game. Uh, I couldn't really get into it, to be honest. But people love that shit. Well, it's not shit. You know, people love Nexon. People love MapleStory. I don't know. It just... I, besides like you know playing combat arms and combat arms not being good, that's the only basis I have for Nexon published like free to play shooters. Like the, the, like it, I don't know. I I I don't have the the most faith in this. This is, the game is using UE4, but just because it uses UE4 doesn't mean it's going to have the polish 
that a first-person shooter needs to be a good first-person shooter because you can have, you know, shitty first-person shooters, you know. Uh, well, and I should say that. You can have good-looking first-person shooters that play shitty. You really can. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, so clear, that that's coming. That's a little, little preview they gave us. Like I said, we'll have the video in the show notes, and you can take a look at that. Uh, speaking of free to play and free to play shooters, which I'm pretty sure this one won't suck. Uh, Overwatch, uh, Blizzard, they announced I think a new map, but a new character as well. It's a female character, not your average female character. She's like really buff. She could probably beat up most guys I know. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's yeah. what she's supposed to be the world's strongest woman. Zara is her name. So it looks pretty cool. I don't think, I don't think uh, they have they have a little bit of a, a video, which you know we'll have that in the show notes as well. Um, oh, that's another free to play game. I mean, I'm I'm interested in it. I have more faith in it than Cliffy B's game. Then again, I've seen more of Overwatch than I have of Cliffy B's game. Yeah. Uh, but Blizzard's yeah. also proven that they know how to do well in the free to play marketplace. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hearthstone's been a major success. Um, and, and I think, you know, here is the storm is coming along well. So it's not, it's one of those things where, you know, Blizzard, you know, for, for, for as much as people may knock them for, for various failings here or there. Um, and this, and this, and this, uh, this character is directly in response to some of the, the criticism they've re- received, uh, previously, um, which I'll get to in a moment, but uh, Blizzard's generally a well-regarded company and people generally trust them. And I think that that allows them to kind of excel in the free-to-play marketplace. So uh, for them to be looking at how to, you know, monetize this game, it seems they have a very specific concept. It seems almost what they're exactly doing with Heroes of the Storm, which is make the game, build the framework, and then you can monetize the characters and set up a universe such that you can just keep adding characters. And whereas Heroes of the Storm, they can just keep pulling characters from the other lore and bringing them in. For Overwatch, you know, they, they've set the framework and now they, they're, everything that they're going to introduce here is new. Um, and, and, you know, so it's a different kind of creativity that they have to play with there, but they've definitely got the, uh, they definitely have the, the plan for Overwatch mapped out at least. Yeah, they do. Now in terms of the character, I mean, did you watch the videos, Nick, at all? I didn't watch the video, but I read some of the comments. Uh, um, she looks like a support character to me. Like, you know, she carries I thought she was gun. like a tank. Like, cause she's got, yeah, cause she got that huge, she's it's one of those, the, those guns you with like the heavy machine guns that you actually have to carry like the handles on top of it. Yeah. But like she, it does like, uh, most of the stuff it does like, in my opinion, support stuff. Like it does like a, there's a barrier, like a shield. Okay. Uh, there's a shield you can deploy so you can shield yourself. You can shield other people. And there's something called graviton surge, which basically just draws enemies into one location. And that's more of a support thing to me. Okay. Uh, there's another character they also released called McCree, uh, who is more of an assault character, it looks like. Uh, so he can... He's a gunslinger. Uh, he can shoot, obviously, but he can also stun and do some things. Uh, which is... Oh, well, he, actually, I'm, I'm watching the video now. He looks kind of cheap, too, but we'll, I'll, I'll save my... Uh, well, he, he's he's just kind of like your stand-up Western. He's got the cowboy hat and the poncho, and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, the, the vision on him is pretty straightforward. Um, but, no, but they, they 
one of the things about Zarya, though, is, is uh, as I was alluding to with the criticism, is that Blizzard was explicitly called out because you know a lot of their characters all have the same sort of slender, athletic body type, and uh, you know their female characters have that sl- same body type. And, and uh, after receiving criticism from that, they went they wanted to make sure that they were introducing a character who wasn't just you know you know I mean it's it's because I mean they've even been called out before for for in some cases not having enough women featured and so it's it's almost like an incremental learning process like they had more women uh, but then they all look the same so now they're actually sort of introducing some women with different body types um, to appeal in that regard and it looks like Zarya is a success in that regard um, I mean she's an original character she she you know she she has that thick you know womanly um, you know that womanly build. Um, and so it's, you know, and, and they said that they're responding to criticism, they're doing what they can. And they said that it, that diversity for a game like Overwatch, it's not just the diversity of, you know, like gender or race, but it's body types within that breakdown. Uh, because I mean, you look at it originally and yeah, I think, you know, like a lot of the characters, it, you know, and the whole concept of Overwatch is that it's designed to be a, this international group. So they're bringing people from all over the world together. Um, and they've got like, racial diversity in that regard uh, but now they're there's they're working on that next level of diversity where they're actually you know changing up appearances to a degree yeah i, mean, I guess so well not i guess so. i mean that's what they're doing i mean it yeah. doesn't matter to me especially like especially in a game like a first person shooter diversity doesn't matter to me i mean everybody could look exactly the same and i wouldn't care in a first person shooter Probably. i think what's I think I don't know. I think it's because I don't identify with char- with those characters because it's in the first person. I'm. I think it's 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 great insofar as it may not matter to you, but there are people out there to whom it does matter. And if Blizzard's able to add this character without fundamentally changing like their approach to the game or how they're they're doing the game, like and and a game like Overwatch lends itself to this, where you can add new characters and and it's not dependent on everybody having to look the same way or anything like that. So yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a win win here that it doesn't it, it's not like anybody's going to be completely upset like oh they added this you know bulky female and it's ruining the game for me um you know there's the other characters are still there they still exist people are free to love them if they want people are free to love zarya so it works out for everybody yeah it does. well when does it stop <laughs> like you know when does it you know because i mean I, obviously they can't they can't it's impossible to represent everybody it, it yes. really is and, and there are so many different types of people with different types of bodies and different colors and different hair and all this stuff is like, you know, when when is the next? Don't get me wrong, I'm just I'm I'm just doing this for the sake of fucking conversation yeah. here. But like, I'm not saying this there's anything wrong with this. But like, when is the next? You know, what's the next group to say, hey, I don't have any representation. There's no characters with wheelchairs. There's no characters that does that that's missing one leg. There's no character missing any arms. What do you think? It, it fundamentally doesn't. Um, but this actually sounds a lot kind of like the argument that that's been level, levied towards them about how every time they do a cinematic for for one of the Warcraft games, uh, they they don't feature a gnome in it. And the problem is that they didn't feature the gnomes early on, and now the way the cinematics are going, it's like unless they actually have a narrative reason to include the gnome, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's like it's almost like like the gnomes are kind of arguing for that same sort of representation. Like you know, we want to be represented in this in this way you know, we don't see ourselves represented that way. Um, and it's the same kind of thing. Like you've got, you know, people, you know, of different body types saying we don't see ourselves represented this way. And 
Blizzard has done what they can to kind of like, you know, they've, they've, they've tried to include gnomes and in other cinematics that, that aren't the same, you know, that aren't the same as the, uh, the, 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 the major cinematics, but they, they, they've tried to slip them in the other ones where they can like, and again here, like they're trying to introduce the body types as they can. So Blizzard's shown that they're willing to listen to the criticism and address the criticism. Um, as far, it, it, as far as where it stops, it, Fundamentally, it doesn't because you're you're entirely right. There's always going to be some new group that is going to pop up and be like, "I'm not represented." And un- unless you allow for customizable character creation, unless everybody is able to create themselves in the game, um, then th- there's no, there, yeah, the, the, there's always going to be some group left out. But I think as long as they they're they're willing to work with the community, um, and as long as you know, as long as it makes sense, um, I mean. You know, but as long as, long as as long as it makes sense, and I th- as long as it works within the community, I think Blizzard sees that. I think it won't stop. I think you'll see people saying, "Like, oh, you need to add somebody like this," and Blizzard will go ahead and do that. And then, you know, and and it, it helps in that regard too, where anybody else trying to make any kind of game like this that that's socially conscious going forward can look to Blizzard and see what they've done, what they've gone through, and then instead of having to directly ask the community, "Well, what kind of groups do we need to represent?" They'll see, like, okay, we have these gaming ar- archetypes already here. We can just copy off that. So. It doesn't stop, but this is a good step towards, uh, I guess, getting a process in place so that it doesn't, it can go on. Right. I guess, I mean, maybe I've just been playing shooters for too long. I don't really need representation. Like, even, like you know, going back to playing Quake is like, you know, the, the, those, those, those things barely looked like people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, you, you know, you, I, 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 maybe I'm just from that generation that doesn't get wrapped up in how my character looks in game because to me it doesn't matter i'm gonna kill you anyway well you know i I think that's one of those things too like at this point because overwatch is isn't even in beta yet um at this point all these all we have for these characters are the you know the illustrations that blizzard provides us with um and so it's easier now for us to get attached with how the characters look once people actually get into the game and start playing them it doesn't matter you know like like you know it doesn't matter what any you know classification anybody falls into whoever shoots the best and does the most damage and you know you know whatever works best for any anybody's individual play style that's who they're going to pick and especially in a first person shooter like you said you don't actually see the avatar so you can kind of distance yourself from that actual character as far as just looking at your performance uh it's you know it's always a little different when you can actually see the avatar to you know bond with it well so it feels like a third person shooter i mean maybe it's a it's a bit more but I don't know. I, mean, I, I know. Don't get me wrong. I'm not dismissing anybody's concerns for this, but I've never been that type of player. That's like I want to have somebody that represents me. You know how many games I have girl characters in? Actually, shit. When I was playing Unreal Tournament uh, 2K4, I used to use a uh, a female character because they could do flips, like because they're because of their body type. Because because it was a you made you made the decision based off game performance and not any sort of actual relationship with the avatar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so that's exactly, and that's I think that's the same thing that's going to happen. Is any, whichever of these characters plays the best, um, and I'm using the best very loosely because it'll you know everybody will determine who plays the best for themselves. But I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. Is no nobody's going to be like, oh, I'm stuck playing this character that I hate because you know it does the most DPS. Like that's not important. Right. Yeah. Actually, in, De- <laughs> in Destiny, I have uh, a girl hunter. Because I like killing people and doing that girl hunter dance to make them angry, because it upsets them. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to, I'll have to check out what the girl hunter dance is. I haven't. No, it's just, it's like it's like some like I guess 
don't know. I guess you could call it sexy. <laughs> if, a, if, a, if, if a real girl was doing it. But nobody wants to get shot and then see that. I'll have to... <laughs> there's certain it... there's certain dances in Destiny that no, kind of get which, under your skin. Uh, so wait, which which race is that, or do all the races have the same? No, dance? no, it's it's a girl, um, awoken. She's awoken, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but uh, do the classes have different dances then? Uh, no, I think it's just the the race okay. and okay. sex. So I just need to to think. roll a girl awoken and then check that out. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. So, but uh, but yeah, so Blizzard uh. Looking more into diverse, not looking more diversity, but making their game more diverse for certain people. But the thing is, people, because I'm going to play this game for sure. I mean, hopefully it's good and I'll play it for a while. If you play with me, please don't pick your character based on how they look. Because I'll probably hate you. I'm sure there are some people who will, but as long as, <laughs> yeah, as, long as, they, as, long as they play the character competently, it should be fine. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's true. If you could play the character competently, have at it. You know, <laughs> have at it. But uh, other than that, please don't. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks in advance, Jared. So, uh, but let's move on to, for, uh, the, that, that was a news bite, but, you know, it kind of became a topic there. Uh, so we're just going to move right into our topics. Um, we did have a bit more to talk about this week than usual, but still. So, uh, this is something, uh, so the first topic is about Valve's customer service, and it's something I've talked about before, because I've had very negative experience with Valve uh, customer service. Uh, back in, like, 2008, I believe, maybe 2009, my account got hacked, and it took two weeks for me to get my account back, okay? It took a week for them to respond to the initial uh the initial support uh call or email and when they responded they gave me the wrong account back okay it took them another week to give me my account back all right and what i mean they gave me a wrong the wrong account this these people people who were contacting me with the account <laughs> didn't even speak english okay so that's how well, you know, one, it was the wrong name, but two, like, it's not, I couldn't even talk to the people who were on the list, okay? Um, so, yeah, it's Valve's customer service, and I was hoping it had gotten better over the years, because luckily I, have ha- I haven't had to deal with them, but apparently no dice. They get an F in customer service from the Better Business Bureau. Uh, now, the Better Business Bureau is not a government agency, but I would say they do have some clout. You know, they are, uh, they're, they're very, wi- they're widely known. You know, yeah. you know, when you have a complaint with the Better Business Bureau, the Better Business Bureau, they kind of they look into it. It's they, I believe they're independent, like they're they're a nonprofit, and you know, so well, al- al- allegedly, uh, <laughs> yeah, allegedly I mean, nonprofit. I mean, even even they're not immune from their own issues, but but generally, yeah, they're regarded as sort of a good bar- you know barometer of how a company's doing. Yes, and uh, you know, if you are, I mean, well, if you're a PC gamer. There's only a few options. I mean, you could go Gamergate or Gamersgate, sorry, or uh, Desora, but the the convenience of 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 Steam vastly outweighs the problems you typically have. But when you do have a problem, it's usually a huge pain in the ass to get it fixed. So you know, it's it's kind of like, well, what do you want to do there? Um, 
but yeah, that's that's. I, I'm I'm not surprised. I'm just surprised that they haven't gotten better. You know, because we we I talked about it like I, I, several times since we've been doing the Mashcast. I've talked about you know my experience with Valve and that aspect, and it sucks. It sucks. You know, when you have most of your games on Steam, and yet uh, you know you can't play them. You can't play anything. Because your account is missing or is messed up, or somebody, uh, you know, your account got hacked, and now you're two weeks without your games. You know, we we talked about this a few weeks ago when uh, that guy, you know, he sent the email to Valve's customer support, and then waited a week, and then emailed Gabe, Gabe. and yeah. Gabe got back to him first. Yeah, and it's this isn't unsurprising for. Valve, and I think one of the key things that Gabe said was like everybody at Valve works in customer service, which on, on the on the face that sounds like one of those you know you know that that's one of those uh, you know like like marketing speak. But then coming from Gal Val, or Gabe himself, I'm thinking like no, it almost like I don't know that they actually have a customer service department. Like I almost wonder if it's just like literally like anybody in the company is like oh hey like you know check that mailbox and you know see if you can help that guy like. Because even even then, uh, the article on Kotaku, they talked to Valve Business Development Authority, Eric Johnson, about customer support. They don't talk to anybody, you know, like head of customer support. And I know Valve is a very streamlined company as far as what they do. And it may just be the kind of thing where that this was never prioritized. And, and clearly it hasn't been because the, it's not so much that the Better Business Bureau gave them an F. Because even then, um, Johnson kind of dismisses the Better Business Bureau um, you know, we don't use them for much. They don't provide us as useful of data as customers emailing us, posting on Reddit, posting on Twitter, and so on. But the important thing there is that it's it's a it, it's a sh- it's a sign that something's wrong, and and it, he agrees with that. And uh, you know, and and so you know, it's it's one of those things where they may not care about whatever rating the Bitter Business Bureau gives them, but the Bitter Business Bureau gave them an F, and they also know that there's a perception out there that their customer service is terrible. And so they are working to to do something to improve that. They don't have anything specifically lined up. They didn't have any explicit plans to share, but it's just something that uh, that they they're aware of and they're going to fix. Um, but again, it's one of those things where um, again, we're, what Johnson's talking about, he says uh, we need to do a variety of things. We need to build customer support directly into Steam. We need to understand what's the most efficient way to solve customer problems. And it's one of those things where I feel like Valve really wants to be very hands-off as a company. They want to just work on their development end. And as far as your experience with the Steam client, that should be the end of it. Everything you want to do, you should be able to do through the Steam client. And I think what they're looking for is a way to implement customer service through the Steam client automatically without having, without really having to deal with anybody. And I don't think that's possible. I mean, not without like some major like AI or something going on behind the scenes. And, and, if they're just talking about this in theory, like um, I don't know, unless the Source Two engine is going to somehow handle this, um, I don't see that. I don't really see a clear resolution for this anytime soon. It's like that. It's kind of like that guy who's like, "Yeah, I know I need to lose weight, but I'll, I'll start eating better next week." Like, you're not you're not going to start eating better anytime soon, right? Yeah, I mean, customer service unfortunately has to come from people. <laughs> That's yes. the thing. Like, it, it has to come from people. Uh, it's not something that can be automated. If it is, that's one hell of a system you got there. <laughs> you know, 
But um, now nah, yeah, the customer service has to come from people, and it's something that Valve. I mean, it's yeah, you can see it's not like they're just a bad company all around. They're not like EA, you know. They they're doing awesome stuff for the for the community for game for PC gamers, console gamers, uh, and everything, making great games. But then, like you know, when your customers need support uh, from your store, that's where you falter, and that's that's they do more than enough awesome stuff for us that it's kind of like, well, I'm not mad at them. Like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, curse their house, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, they do need to get better. And, you know, they, they, uh, they recognize they need to get better, but then again, that doesn't mean they're actually going to get better. Like, yeah, we need to get better. And then nothing ever happens. EA's decisions for better or worse are always made with the bottom line in mind. And so when EA makes a bad decision, we know it's made with the bottom line in mind and we can get angry about that. Valve's decisions are just made based on like what they want to do and they seem to have no interest in providing customer service. So it's an afterthought and it's kind of disregarded in that way. And yeah, it's easy to sit there and say like, oh, we're all in customer service, but like where's your customer? Like if, if I'm if I'm a CEO of a company, if I'm if I'm the role of Gabe in Valve, and I'm getting an email that like something hasn't been reported in a week. Heads have to fucking roll. Like that's just how it works. Like it should not be get. Like it's not his job to be dealing with that. And yes, he he handled that, ex, you know, externally. You know, you know, he said all the right things there, and it got taken care of, and that all worked out. But at the end of the day, like if he doesn't see that as a problem, if he isn't going in and being like, you know, like we need to make sure that this is cleaned up, then then. Yeah, like they're they're just gonna have shitty customer service, and there's really it becomes a caveat because, like you said, like you know, Valve does a lot of great things, and it sucks that it's like, you know, it's like we'd love to give you an A plus, but it's like we can't because you this is a major thing that you're 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 messing up. Right. Yeah. So hopefully they get the message, and you know, they're working because I mean, well, ever since Steam got, I think it's a lot harder to get your account hacked. You know, it's which not impossible. Not impossible. So account hackings and things like that, I'm pretty sure have gone down. But there's tons of other stuff that can happen with Steam. You know, uh, and we need support. Like if we're gonna trust your, like there's so like the PC community, for the most part, has trusted you. Had uh, they haven't trusted you with this responsibility of being the gatekeeper. You know, so that's a responsibility they need to take seriously, and they need to to work on it. Oh, but uh, yeah, let's actually, well, I guess Nick has a point. I was going to go into another topic, uh, <laughs> but um, there's also, there there is another topic we had regarding hacking, regarding PSN accounts and how if your PSN account actually does get hacked, you're going to have a really hard time getting it back. Uh, so something I learned not that long ago, well, let's just say about a year ago. Uh, is that well, this is when my Vita got hacked? Uh, not hacked. Sorry, when my Vita got stolen, I found out that um, you know you can only deactivate or deactivate your account or deactivate your devices once every six months, which was fine because I had never deactivated a device before. So when I reported that hey my Vita was hacked, uh, they said okay no problem. They deactivated. But if something were to happen, I need to de- deactivate another device. You know six you know within that six month period uh it wasn't happening i couldn't deactivate the uh device and you know there's a chance that depending on how many devices i had active i would not be able to actually 
activate another device, which means all of my games would be gone for that period. Yeah. And that is one of the uh, things that this article from Kotaku talked about. Uh, actually, one uh, customer or one person who got his account hacked, uh, somebody made $600 worth of fraudulent purchases with his, um, with his uh, account. But then all Sony could give him back was a maximum of $150 in PSN credit. Which, to me, that sounds like there, there may be their system the maximum value they can give back maybe one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, because they can't put more into your wallet than your wallet can hold. Yeah, uh, and so also what you know what this article talks about is if you try to uh, you know file fraud with your credit card company, your your credit card company or you know your bank is going to try to charge back the PSN purchase, which is going to get you banned, and then yeah. you lose access to everything. So that's a really really fine line you have to walk like you know how much communication has to go between like if you want to go that route you know how much communication has to go between you sony and your bank because you could talk to somebody Sony customer service they're like okay yeah it's fine and then you know somebody in the fraud department at sony says hey this got charged back ban the account and now your account's banned yeah no it's it's one of those it's it, the, the systems are all in place to kind of protect sony against fraud but unfortunately, that it, it's it's overprotective in that regard, and it exposes you know the customer to unnecessary risk. And I mean, I don't know how I don't know how common it is to have to deactivate more than one device in six months, but that seems a bit you know that seems a bit uh, egregious. It, it you know I don't see why they couldn't lower that. Um, I don't know if they were dealing with people you know widespread deactivating and reactivating devices on a, a regular basis before. Um, or even then, like the, the, the credit card stuff, like, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, if you want, yeah, I mean, what was it? There was an instance, I think somebody spent $600 and they only got $150 back and that's, that's not right. Like, you know, there needs to be a way and understandably it may not be able to go through the Sony wallet, but Sony needs to be like, okay, look, if you've got, you know, if you, all these fraudulent purchases were made, you need to be, you know, there needs to be restitution for that. It, you know, it's not right that it's on you that somebody else made these purchases, especially when, I mean, because the, the, the bulk, the bulk point that uh, the Kotaku article is making is that Sony should at least allow for two factor authentication with some kind of, you know, external authenticator, either on your phone or some other device uh, before signing in and making these purchases. Um, and the fact that Sony doesn't allow that means that everybody's, exp you know, more exposed than they need to be. And if you get hit by this, it's not going to work in your favor. So it's kind of like a double whammy and, and Sony needs to step up. Well, as the thing about the two-factor authentication, I mean, depending on how it's implemented, it may be good. But there, like there later in those comments, if you read, like some of the Xbox One users who do have two-factor authentication talk about how they hate it because they constantly having to log in, like you know, and that just may be a token line thing, like yeah. you know, how long your token lasts, uh, your security token that you get from Sony. Um, I don't know. Like that's that's the trick. Like, it's like you know, do you want to be more secure or do you want to be less inconvenienced? Exactly, exactly. And I, I guess the argument in this case is that Sony doesn't even give people the option that if you're gonna if, if you're gonna have these these strict uh, you know regulations as far as how an account is treated post hack, uh, at least give me the opportunity to you know. It's, you know, I'd rather be inconvenienced by having to re-enter a token every time than having to wait for a $450 clearance on my credit card and hoping that you don't ban my account. Right. Um, I mean, because, yeah, either, either option sucks, but at least, you know, 
one way is a, a little less painful and also pr- completely prevents the, the you know having to deal with the hacking altogether. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> it, it's something that you don't necessarily want to worry about while you're playing, but it, Sony specifically is more important, I think, than Microsoft for the simple fact that uh, you know, like Sony has a handheld, so it's actually pretty simple for you know that that to get stolen somebody to log in and then take your ps you know use your psn credentials and buy stuff especially with the way cross buy works you know like you buy certain games on the vita it's going to show up on your ps4 too yeah but you know. but like but microsoft i mean they don't well they don't explicitly have a handheld but i mean the way like windows and 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 uh you know windows and their tablets and the pcs are all supposed to be coming together um i mean that's that could theoretically leave leave them just as exposed to one device being stolen. That's true. That's very true. And if somebody guesses your username and password, and this is well, this is a, a good lesson in why you shouldn't attach credit card information to your, you know, you, you shouldn't attach credit card information for your uh, to your console. I don't know for for the Xbox if you um. If they use PayPal for purchases on the Xbox One, because I have yet to purchase anything on the Xbox Store since I got an Xbox One, but on the PS4 you can use PayPal, which I mean it's not everybody's first option. But then you at that point you don't have to put a credit card information in, and every time you use PayPal you have to sign into it. Yeah, or you can you know or just use prepaid cards and don't ever put in an actual credit card, you know, um, or even some credit card services. Uh, they offer you like temporary uh, account numbers specifically for online purchases. So you can have an account with a very small limit and, uh, you know, it's only valid for like a month or two and you use that number for, you know, on an ind- individual purchase basis. Uh, yeah. And this way, if the company ever gets hacked, you know, that, that number is not going to do anything. So yeah, it's, I mean, but again, there's that whole level of, you know, ease as far as, you know, that's in a few extra steps before you, you know, you get that game that you want to buy. And it's a lot easier to put your credit card in once and then you're good for the rest of the time. And yeah, you, you that, that's a valid choice, but that does carry risk. Yes, it does. Uh, but let's move on to our, our next topic, which uh, is ID and Xbox games. Uh, they're, uh, looks like Microsoft starting to step it up. They introduced more uh, ID and Xbox games, which is their, it's their, uh, their indie, indie game program, yeah. yeah, it's an indie game program. However, I'm looking at this list, which uh, I guess I'll just go through it. It's so you know what's on it. Uh, Bedlam. Uh, some of these games you might have heard of. Uh, Beyond Eyes, which is I guess a um, it's a game where you don't have sight, so you have to use your other senses to navigate the world. Uh, Cl- Cluster was that Cluster Puck ninety nine. PHL Collective, uh, competitive sports games that can that features eight player local comp, uh, competitive action. So I guess it's a it's a party game. Uh, Cuphead, a running gun adventure. Never heard of it. Um, Earthlock Festival of Magic, uh, role playing game. Uh, the Flame in the Mood, as a uh, rogue light river journey through the backwaters of forgotten post societal America. So, and it's going to make its console debut on Xbox One. Fortified, an exciting new take on action strategy that combines shooters, real-time strategy, and base defense mechanics. Okay, I'm interested. Uh, Actually, no, wait a second. I think, I'm pretty sure we did a review on that game before. Fortified? 
I think we did. Hold on a second. I think we. I'm, I'm checking on it now. That that sounds familiar. Maybe. Okay. No. 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 I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Okay. They, okay. I'm, I'm thinking of something else. Okay. <laughs> so I'm wrong. Um. Actually, now that I actually looked it up, it looks more interesting than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this might be the stuff that we kind of missed at. Uh... At PAX, as I'm sure a lot of these developers were there. I know, like, the behemoth with Game 4, they would have been there. Well, uh, some of the stuff was, like, I know LA Cops is a top-down strategy shooter, um, which that was there. I was actually supposed to see that one. Goat Simulator, uh, which... That's already out on PC. That's, that's out on PC. That we reviewed. Yeah. Game 4, which is a turn-based strategy game. Um, Magic Duels Origins, that's Wizards of the Coast, it's the card game. Yeah. Uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. Everybody knows about that. Pixel yeah. Galaxy, RBA Baseball Fifteen, uh, Rivals of Ather. It's a fighting game that challenges you to uncover elemental mysteries of fire, water, air, and earth. Okay, in a fighting game. Uh, Shadow Blade Reload. Uh, got a young ninja to on his journey to seek the teachings of the last remaining ninja master as he embarks on a quest for revenge. Shovel Knight. Smite, submerged, uh, have you trapped in half submerged, uh, half submerged city with nothing, with next to nothing? Explore the flooded cityscape, and scale its buildings in a fight to survive. Super Dungeon Bros, multiplayer dungeon crawling extravaganza with rock music theme. Get your bros together and get ready to rock out. Uh, Sortie is a multiplayer physics brawler. You will hit your friends until they explode. Really have to see this one to wrap around your head. I guess so, because I, I don't understand it. <laughs> uh, the sun and moon. It's a platformer with a twist. You can dive into the ground, reversing your gravity while conserving your momentum. Winner of the Lumidare 29 competition. And Zeros, which is a 3D action brawler set in the alternative future universe, is rife with engaging combat and outrageous characters. So they announced all this stuff. I don't think any of these are exclusive to Xbox. Uh, I did not see one that said Xbox exclusives. There are several of these that I know are not exclusive to Xbox. Yeah. You know, and while it's great that Microsoft, it almost feels like they are, uh, they're recovering from, they're still recovering from the botched launch of the Xbox One and even the, you know, how they treated indies with the Xbox 360. Yeah. Uh, that's what this feels like. They're just, they're just trying to catch up and get some better games for people to play between major launches. That's that's what it feels like, because not one of these is... Uh, I don't believe any one of these is Xbox One exclusive. No. And, and it's, I mean, so you, you, got, you got Microsoft announcing these while Sony is over here killing it. You know, these next few weeks, like, okay, so first of all, last week was Helldivers, which is, some pre is a PS4 exclusive, I believe. I haven't seen it for PC. Uh, give me a second. I'm, I'm going to pull up right now what other games are coming out for uh, this. Oh, here we go. Spring Fever. So basically, Spring Fever is what the, what the Summer of Games used to be, pretty much. You remember Summer of Games next? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from Xbox. Like, Summer of Games used to be an awesome, like, four or five weeks. 
in the summer on the Xbox 360 where they come out with some great games. Uh, some like, you know, uh, $15, $20 games. Uh, but over the last few years, like that, it started to suck pretty much. And now Sony just kind of picked up the pace and going. So they got Helldivers, which is an awesome game. Me and my clan from Destiny are actually playing that together. A uh, Hotline Miami 2 was the second game. And that game was amazing, and it's cross-buy. Oh, yeah, also Helldivers, also cross-buy uh, for the PS4 and the Xbox, and the PS Vita. Same thing with Hotline Miami. Jamestown Plus is coming to uh, is coming next week. And Jamestown's been out for PC for a while. Uh, Jamestown has been on PC for a while, but now they come to PS4, and it, I believe it does have multiplayer support. And I'm not sure if it has online multiplayer support or not. And I'm not sure if it's going to be uh, if it's going to be cross platform, not cross platform, but uh, cross buy. Because if it is, that'd be awesome. I'm definitely buying it because I love Jamestown. Uh, let's see. In the uh, coming weeks, you got Metal Slug Three, uh, Axiom Verge, which I'm not necessarily too excited about. That I actually have to check it out to see what the game is about. I'm not sure. Uh, Bastion is coming for PS4, and I hope. I wonder if that's going to be cross buy because I'll buy it just to have it on my Vita. And my PS4, you know, and Shovel Knight coming out, and Titan Souls. Uh, you have all these great games coming out within the next few weeks, and I, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. Like the the the, <laughs> the the one of the best things about this Spring Fever thing is so far both games released have been cross buy. So I get it. I, I pay one price. I get it on two consoles. Yeah. You know, and some of these are, and you know, back to the main point that some of these are PS4 exclusives. You know, I don't know have have they have they mentioned Bastion for Xbox One? I don't think so. Let's check it out. I don't. I haven't heard anything about Bastion for Xbox One. No. Actually, Transistor is not on Xbox One either. Hmm. Uh, actually, oh, wait. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Transistor is not on Xbox One, so maybe later. I I guess maybe because these uh, these uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you know uh, Supergiant Games and these other companies like Denaton and uh, the other developers who are releasing the stuff in this uh, Spring Fever. I wouldn't be surprised if they were part of Sony's indie game program. Yeah, and that's why they're they're you know at least for now they're not going anywhere. And, but unfortunately, this is the stuff that Microsoft needs. Yeah. You know? Actually, the, you, I, I talked about earlier about, you know, I bought Ori and the Blind Forest, which is an awesome game. Sony, I mean, Microsoft had a huge opportunity there. I would have bought the game on my Xbox One and played it on my Xbox One if I also got it on PC. If it was cross-buy there. Mm. But I, they don't have really have any system in place. I mean, they do have the Windows Store, but... Uh, you have to have Windows 8 for that, and I have Windows 8, but not on my main PC. I'm still using Windows 7 on my main PC, you know? So, yeah, I think, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. They're kind of looking at implementing that to a degree. Um, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they have any specific plans for, like, cross-play, but at the very least, like, the whole, you know, the whole, the whole ID at Xbox program like that's, I mean that th- that exists to help funnel a lot of these PC games over and onto Xbox, and so yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, but it also has a lot to do with not just getting them on an Xbox, but in a timely fashion. Like, once I had Bastion on PS4, like, why would I buy it on Xbox One? Like, there'd have to be a pretty damn good reason for me to buy the game again on Xbox One. But I think, I mean, the argument should be that, that fundamentally, when you buy when you buy something on Windows, if it's available on Xbox One, you should be able to play it on your Xbox One. Um, and or, or vice versa, you buy it on Xbox One, you should be able to play it on Windows. Right. Um, I think part of the problem with that is that a lot of games are bought on Windows or bought through a service like Steam or even Origin or Uplay. Um, and so already it's kind of like out of Microsoft's hands to a degree. Well, no, but um, that's the thing. that that's If they want to get people to stop using you know, not to stop using Steam, but to start taking their store more seriously and buy, make more purchases in their store, then they need, that. that is the perfect thing to do, a cross-buy between Xbox One and Windows. I, you know, I would, I would have bought Ori and the Blind Forest on the Windows Store, even what? though this, even though my machine here does not use Windows 8 right now, I would have bought it on the Windows Store just so I could play it on my, you know, just, you know, to have it, you know, have the cross-buy. So okay, that here, when I do install Windows 8 on this machine, or Windows 10 probably, uh, I, I can play it. Well, go okay, ahead. So they, they might be looking at cross-buy. I didn't, I didn't mean to jump in there early, but I was looking. There was a quote from Phil Spencer, uh, and he says, talking about uh, today the world of home consoles, mobile, and so on are segmented. We want to unify by allowing people to play their games on any device that they own. If you want to play on your laptop or desktop rig, we want to enable that across all Windows devices, including the Xbox. So I... It, that's a great statement, and that's kind of fundamentally. It sounds like he's talking about cross buy. That you buy a game on one system, it's good on all the systems. But uh, it may also that may also just be a way of saying like, you know, if you want to play, you know, if you want to play a game on your laptop or you want to play a game on your Xbox, like that ability is there. But yeah, you'll have to pay to purchase it on each system. And that, that is what I think he's saying. Which that if he like, I I. I want to say that can't be what he's saying because because you're the so games obvious, industry it, public defender. It's so <laughs> obvious that like cross buy is the answer here, like that. But he fundamentally parses it. He does not say you pay once and like he doesn't use the word cross buy. He doesn't say you pay once and then play on all the systems. He just says the 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 what if you take that very literally, it like that does not describe cross buy. And so I have to think I have to think that. Microsoft is paying attention and knows that you know that kind of inter interoperability is the future, um, and I, I, I mean, especially Phil Spencer, he's one of the guys at Microsoft that gets it. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's done great as uh, as the head of, of Xbox. What was it we called him? We said Phil Spencer is the answer. Yeah, that was the other podcast. I mean, yeah. he's. I I, I think. And it may be the kind of situation where he knows that cross-buy is, is the way to go, but he may not have the power to implement that himself. Um, and it's – no, I, I think uh, until that happens. But that's – I almost feel like that would be the biggest leverage that Microsoft could play because you have – you have this great divide as it is. I mean, as much as the, he talks about the market bringing segmented and it's not just like Sony versus Microsoft, it's PC versus console and Microsoft more so, you know, more so than Sony. I didn't even Sony even kill like the Vios. Um, yeah. But but Microsoft, they, they don't just have the Xbox and the console race. They dominate the PC race because there's no, there's no Linux gaming. There's no Mac gaming. I mean, those, those are niche fringe markets at best but 
everything games on Windows. Every, you know, every PC game we talk about, it's a Windows PC game. And if they can bridge that gap, I mean, it, it, that seems to me to be sort of the, 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 the way if Microsoft wants to win the console war is to sit there and say, like, look, you buy a game on your computer, you can play it on your console, and that console is going to be Xbox One. Then that's how, that's how you come back at Sony because Sony can't compete with that. And the best thing Sony can do is be like, oh, well, you've got your, your Xperia phone or you've got your, your Vita crossplay. Um, the, but the, the, thing, the only danger is that Microsoft risks being beaten to that punch by Steam, and not just the Steam boxes, but even that, that link device we talked about. Because right there, once you can stream your game from your PC to your, 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 your console, that becomes your console now, you've completely negated the need for the Xbox. And if they can't figure out crossplay, uh, I dare say by November, because that's when that Steam Link device launches. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, that's that's going to undercut whatever efforts they have, because that is their that's their biggest asset. You know, as, I mean, look at what Sony's done with the PS4 and with PS PS Next or, or PS Now. What's what's the, uh, the 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 game rental service PS Now? PS Now, yeah. PS Now. Um, where they've leveraged their entire backlog of games to be like, this is everything that we've ever put out. And it's, it's not quite everything, but it's a large, large number of games so that they can sit there and say, well, we've got the largest library ever on PS4. Basically, like Microsoft could sit there and say, like, well, you think that's big? We've got every PC game ever that we can throw on the Xbox One, every single one. And they, they, they're not doing that. And it's like, like it's, 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 until they figure that out, until they figure that out, and it, it seems like the, like they're they're starting to, they're trying to. It's 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 like watching somebody with a with a stick and a little piece of, of flint and tinder, and they're just kind of like throwing them at each other without actually rubbing them the right way to actually make fire. Like until they figure that out, like it's they're 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 handicapping themselves. Yeah, I mean, even with the the the, the streaming that could come from the, well, that is going to come from like the Steam Link or actually, I forgot the name of it already. The uh, I thought it was the Steam Link. Yeah, it's the Steam Link. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Steam Link. Uh, there there's going to be problems inherent with that because not only do you have to have a beefy PC to be able to do that, uh, you do have the problems that are going to come with having a PC. Having a PC, any PC game will tell you that you know. There are some, you know, issues that you will run into, driver issues sometimes, compatibility issues, tons of stuff, you know. Uh, for example, I was talking about me having to, you know, disable Crossfire on Ori. You think uh, the average person is going to know to do that? The average, like, you know, like, the, the, or the average PC gamer, yes, but like, you know, we're talking, now we're talking about uh, something that goes across to console gamers. The average console gamer is going to know you know how to how to set up his uh you know a system that so that when certain games turn on they use crossfire SLI and other games don't you know do they want to go through that hassle i don't necessarily think so uh so go ahead i just think that the average gamer isn't like once you're aware of crossfire SLI and like actually look, looking to use that properly, I feel like you've now transcended the average gamer level like the average gamer just buys their PC they install the game on and then they they right. go from there and, and I don't think they're they're tweaking the settings for like optimization and stuff that much. Yeah, but that's just that's just one problem. Like I, I've had like for example, Insurgency. After it came out of beta, I have not been able to play that game since it came out mm. over a year. I just figured it out two days ago how to fix it. <laughs> you know, 
because I knew I just you know I had a thought. I was like, ah, oh, let me try it out, and then like I, I did it, and it worked. You know, so like this like, coming to, having a PC, being part of the PC master race is also making sure your shit works. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's that's why I think that uh, if you want to work in the tech support community, be a PC gamer because you will learn to fix problems you did not want to fix. Yes, <laughs> but like, well, that and that's the thing. I mean. There's a lot of that that comes with stream. And on top of that, now you add the layer of streaming. So you have your in-house network on top of that. And a lot of people, they don't have, like, their their TVs and things like that. They're not going to be able to have it wired. You know, yeah. the Steam Link, they're going to use wireless. Does your wireless, is your wireless router good enough, wireless router or access point, strong enough to support that? You know, or like, you know, do you have four or five people in the house that all have their phones on the wireless and have their laptops on the wireless and their tablets on the wireless? How do you think that's going to affect streaming? You know, even the streaming can come through and get interrupted because the wireless access point could just crap out. Who who goes out and buys $150 wireless access points? Uh, Who? Like, I mean, I do. I I have $150 wireless access point, but that's because I know what I need. And I think I think that's the thing is that I think most people who would be looking for something like the Steam Link, I think they that that I, I, unless I mean because unless you're playing a game where that level of, of well no because I mean most gaming most games are, are kind of yeah no I think you're right I think you're yeah, right yeah but that's where Microsoft if they can get this right like you know yeah sure you buy it and it's cross platform and you can buy it on two totally separate platforms and you buy it once and get it on two separate platforms that, and that means that it's been tested to work on PC and Xbox versus having to rely on this other technology to stream across that's where I think the window is like you know and it's different for different people like for you know for me it'll, it'll definitely work some people are perfectly fine with streaming everything uh, you know, me. I'm if streaming is the option, I'm perfectly fine with it too. But to be honest with you, if I have an Xbox or have a PS4, you know, I you know would rather just play it on those consoles because it's been tested. As long as the, if the performance is the same, like a game like Ori, the performance is going to be the same on the Xbox and on the PC. But uh, for something more, you know, hard, like let's say a Call of Duty or something like that. That's when you'll see performance differences. I'll prefer to stream, or yeah, I'll prefer to stream then. If if I'm Microsoft, why am I not going to Valve and saying we will handle all of your customer service issues? We'll figure out how to do that. We'll just take that completely off your plate. You never have to worry about that again. But we want access to Steam libraries so we can get all that running on Xbox. Have you dealt with Microsoft customer service before? No, but the point is, <laughs> but the point is, I, I know you have, I know you have, but the, the the point is though that we know that that's something that Valve isn't interested in. We know that that's something that Microsoft has the infrastructure for, whether it's good or not, um, is a, is a separate discussion. But if if I if if I'm Microsoft, like how like. I mean, that's the one thing is Microsoft is always looking to get that their own app store going. They see what Apple has with the iTunes uh, store, and they kind of want to replicate that. And the problem is right now, like Steam is primarily the main app store for games, as it were, on Windows. And it's a long uphill battle to upseat that. And I just feel like Microsoft should have the 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 uh, the ability. And I'm not saying that Valve has any interest in actually playing ball with Microsoft, but 
Microsoft should be going to, to Valve and just being like, why, why aren't we working together? Like, what do we need to do to, 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 you know, I almost wonder if they couldn't make the, uh, like the, the kind of like notch, uh, like the notch offer to, to Gabe to just be like, we'll give you as much money as you want. You can do whatever you want. Just give us, give us access to steam. Give us steam. I don't know. I mean, I, I think like, don't get me wrong. Like Valve definitely has a, a, a they have like a very very strong hold on the PC community, but I would say still the PC community is pretty independent. And if Microsoft can provide a better offering, the PC community will eventually move over. Not saying that Microsoft and Windows 10 provides this offering that PC community is going to just jump ship. I know I wouldn't just jump ship all the time. I mean, there'll be certain games that, you know, if I know I can get a cross-buy on Xbox and on the PC, sure, I'll do it. But I'm not just going to start buying games directly off of the Microsoft Store. You know, it takes time, just like Steam took time. You know, how, I mean, think of how long it took Steam to gain, you know, Steam. But, yeah. but like, you know, that's... Yeah, but Steam, but Steam also wasn't competing with Steam. Like Steam could get Steam had all the time it needed to become itself because it was it was building that market essentially. Yeah, but it's a, complete, it's a completely different battle when you actually have to fight. It's one thing to go into uncharted territory and find your way through. It's another thing when you're actually entering a, in a market that's already dominated by somebody. But we already know that Steam is terrible with customer support, and they don't have any cross buy capability. Well, they don't have anything to cross buy too. Yeah, I guess that's exactly. They don't have anything to cross by too, and they're not going to give you PC support at least with Xbox. Like I, mean, I said, you know, have you ever talked to Microsoft support? And when I said that, I was actually thinking more about like Windows, like Microsoft Windows okay. and Office, and uh, not necessarily Office, but like server stuff. Oh, yeah. also, like that support is phenomenal. Okay, that support is fucking phenomenal. But that's because so it, compared to their user base. So little people actually call that because it's expensive. It's like two hundred fifty dollars per call. Yeah. Uh, for that, but even dealing with the Xbox, um, the Xbox support isn't that. It's not bad at all, actually. Yeah, the Microsoft support isn't that uh, for Xbox. It's not bad. Though I only had that one that one time where I had a bad experience. Well, it really wasn't a really bad experience. When I bought that video, yeah, it was like a, it was an hour. It was it was for Fringe. It was an hour episode of Fringe. The last five minutes of the show blacked out, and they wouldn't give me my money back. They couldn't credit back money. They actually wanted to send me a brand new hard drive. So they wanted to send me a brand new hard drive to work on this thing. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that. And I, I just kind of ate the three bucks. But that was the only negative experience I've actually ever had with them. You know? Yeah. So, you know, Steam is not going to help you with the, if you have PC problems. Okay? No. You know, and on top of that, if your PC goes down, now you can't play games on your TV or on your PC. Whereas if Microsoft has a crossplay, oh, PC's down, I'll play that game on my Xbox. Yeah. You know, I think there's opportunities here. I think Microsoft has huge opportunities here. Crossplay is just the start, and, you know, then they got to work it in from there. You know, Steam and a Microsoft store can coexist. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, especially yeah. if a especially if a Microsoft Store is built in. Steam is an application that runs on top of your PC. If the Microsoft Store is built in, and when you buy it, it just installs games like it used to, like you know, like like we used to do. Like, there's no extra overhead there. The re- I don't like running Steam in Origin because I don't want the overhead. Even though my PC can definitely take it, I just don't want the overhead. Yeah. You know, uh, so yeah, it's 
I think I think there's huge opportunities here for Microsoft. I'm pretty sure a lot of our uh, re, uh, listeners are shocked. Like, oh my God, he's not shitting on Microsoft right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm fair. I'm fair. I think there's opportunity here. I want Microsoft to do well, and I really want cross-buy. You hear me, Phil? I want it. <laughs> Give me cross-buy. I think he knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I... I I don't get. I, I hear everything you're saying, 100. percent And yeah, I think you're you're right in a lot of cases. But I do think Microsoft has the opportunity here if they play it right. And I hope, hopefully, me and Microsoft are on the same train of thought right now. Come on, Phil Spencer's the answer, man. Do, do your <laughs> thing, dude. Do your thing. I put my faith in you. Don't make uh, you know. Don't make me regret it. All right. So uh, let's move on to our last topic. At the, it's kind of funny to me because, you know, we have a podcast dedicated to Destiny. And, you know, uh, Destiny at the at the BAFTA Awards, um, which is the British, what does that stand for? The British, British Academy Game Awards. I don't know how Game Awards translates to F- FTA. but Yes, okay. So at the, at the BAFTA Game Awards, Destiny won Best Game. And I think that anybody who plays Destiny will just, to that, we'd say, what the fuck? How could Destiny possibly win best game of last year for any award? How could it possibly do that? I mean, Destiny is a game that the only reason people play it is because they're friends. Like, the game is solid enough. Like, the, the, the campaign is solid enough to play through. Then, you know, you have the grind that you do with your friends. Like, De- Destiny is primarily a social activity for me and my group. You know, we play, we get new items, but we talk, we, we have a good time, we laugh uh, while we're playing it. But, I mean, other than that, if you, like, if you, if you, like, people who play Destiny by themselves, I don't know how they do it. You know, actually, my one of my friends right now, I think he's playing Destiny by himself because we haven't really been playing it. But he's probably playing it because he's trying to catch up and get like you know weapons and be ready for the next expansion and stuff like that. But for the rest of us that I kind of kind of already at that level where we have a, a good amount of exotics, we have our armor at thirty-two. You know, we we don't even play Crucible the way we used to. Actually, Iron Banner is coming up this week, and oh, is I'm it? not playing. Oh yeah, I'm not playing it. Oh, I gotta get in there. Yeah, like after the that last Tuesday. That starts Tuesday. What level are you? Uh, twenty nine. Okay, yeah, I think you can do some damage in there, Nick. I yeah, will try. I, to... Well, ahead. now that I know that I can't slack off, and I actually have to like earn rank four that week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of be like, oh, I, I'll do a fight here and there, and yeah, no, no, now that I know that, yeah, I'll actually get in there. I'll, I'll wreck shit up. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I know well, my group is definitely going to be doing it, but you usually play late, right? Yeah, yeah. I, that that uh, that should probably be changing in the future. But yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, if you, <sighs> I, I could try and hook you up with my group. We'll talk after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Destiny, in no way, shape, or form, is the best of anything. Well, what? The, the, like, I mean, like, name something that Destiny did the best. Trick people into playing it. Well, it doesn't have to do the. It does to be the game of the year. It doesn't have. That is funny. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Well, here's one thing. Actually, you're entirely right, though, as far as trick people into playing it, because I do not play many FPSs, and it, I didn't even actually go out and purchase Destiny, but it's still somehow it wound up in my living room on my TV. 
So the fact that it somehow managed to overcome my I only play WoW threshold um, is impressive. But and then that may be why it deserves an award. But even then, like the, the games it was up against, uh, Monument Valley, Mario Kart 8, Middle Earth, uh, Dragon, or Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, and Alien Isolation. And I would have to think, like, you, either Dragon Age or Middle Earth should have probably gotten the reward, right? Yeah. Shit, Mario Kart 8 <laughs> should have gotten a better, uh, a better, better rating than this. Like, I mean... I don't know, like, because you you mentioned that you know you only usually only play WoW, you don't play shooters, but yet you're playing Destiny, and it's kind of same thing for me. Like, dude, I don't play console shooters. You know, I I don't I definitely don't play console shooter multiplayer, but I'm doing all that in Destiny. Yeah, I should say I don't play console shooters. That is a lie because I do like Halo, but that's because it's a single player experience. I typically don't play online co op like on a console shooter. You know, first person shooter that is. Yeah, and yet I'm doing it like. So what's going on? Like, are we under some type of spell? Like, like did they, did they, did they do some type of chant or something like that at the at the Bungie offices to get this thing working? I did somebody think, sell their souls to the devil or Bobby Kotick? I think that whatever. I think they they hit enough of a critical mass that it's all like, oh hey, like play with your friends. Like they hit that kind of threshold where enough people know enough people who are playing, and it's fundamentally it's a social game. You know, I I I, I'm, I stand by the claim that it's even though Bungie does not want to say it's an MMO, it's an MMO. Yeah. Um, even though it's missing some key features of an MMO, it's an MMO. And I think for an MMO, once you hit a critical mass, then it kind of becomes like self-perpetuating that people keep coming in because they're playing with their friends because it's got good word of mouth. Um, and it's a good game. It's not, it's not the best game. I mean, you know, it's not like we're saying like destiny was terrible and nobody should be playing it. Um, I mean, it still has its merits, uh, but yeah, but it's just, it's what, what I don't understand, for example, is it was also nominated for the best multiplayer game. Um, yet it lost that it lost that to Hearthstone which Hearthstone is also a great game, and I also love Hearthstone, but I would say, like, Destiny's a much better multiplayer game than Hearthstone. Now, technically, Hearthstone is only a multiplayer game. Um, well, that's not true. There is some adventure mode in there, but I feel like when I want a multiplayer experience, I'm not thinking, like, oh, yeah, let me play a virtual card game against somebody where, at best, I only see them based on how they move some cards around a board, whereas, like, when I'm playing Destiny multiplayer, The Crucible, I feel like I'm playing against other people. Mostly because people keep killing me with their female hunter and then dancing. But har 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 har. But yeah, it's. I feel like I, I I would understand if Destiny won. Well, frankly, I don't understand how Destiny won best game, but not best multiplayer game. Because if if Hearthstone was such a great multiplayer game, like shouldn't it have been nominated then for the best game? Like I, like I, like Hearthstone like these these awards confuse me because then also like Hearthstone I feel like that should have probably gone into like the like mobile or handheld and actually it was nominated Hearthstone was nominated for mobile and handheld and that lost to Monument Valley so I don't know I I think it's just British people being British they drive on the wrong side of the road they nominate their games for the wrong things <laughs> yeah I don't know I that was that was just baffling to me that they that they actually they actually won that but you know what more power to them yeah. You know, uh, well, I'm pretty sure we'll talk about this more in depth on the Destiny podcast, which will be a little strange, shitting on Destiny. Actually, no, not for us, because we, no. we we have 
definitely aired out our grievances with the game, and we will continue to do so. The whole point you have a podcast is the shit on the game you're talking about. Uh, that, that's fair. <laughs> that, 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 I would say that that is fair. So, all right, let's uh, let's check out what's uh, what's coming out soon, shall we? I already mentioned some of the PSN stuff. Um, uh, what you call it? Jamestown Plus coming out next week. So I, I am excited for that. Um, let's see anything else coming out. Battlefield Hardline is this Tuesday. Not real excited about it. Devil May Cry Definitive Edition. Uh, which they, they've changed some of the dialogue, apparently, in that game. Oh. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Fruit Ninja Connect 2. Watch out. Mario Party 10. Forza Horizon 2 presents Fast and Furious. What is that? That's got to be an expansion. I guess that's the tie-in with the, the movie that's coming up, right? A standalone expansion for Forza Horizon 2. Ah, huh. to promote the latest film. Is it free? Uh, oh, it costs $10. There it is. Hmm, that's interesting. I might actually check that out. I do like Forza Horizon. It's one of the it's one of the two good games on the Xbox. One. That and Halo Master Chief Collection. Cause Sunset Overdrive is balls. I keep forgetting to take that somewhere so I can trade it in before it's too late. But uh we'll get into it. I've already spoken my piece about fucking Sunset Overdrive. Uh, okay, well, yeah, it's going to bring us to the end of our podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud with SoundCloud.com slash match those buttons. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio for Android and iOS devices. And now we are on Player.fm if you use Player.fm on Android. Ooh. So, so we are on that. That's right. So uh, you're welcome. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, you can also catch us on Twitter.com slash MTB site. We're on Facebook.com slash Smash Those Buttons and YouTube.com slash Smash Those Buttons. TwitchTV.com slash Smash Those Buttons as well. And uh, let's see, like I said, uh, we're pro- we're going to have a WoW Talk this week. Going to have an orbit this week. And then we'll let you know what's going on next week. Because uh, we might have a special edition that we're going to be doing. So we'll ke- we'll keep in touch. Okay, we'll keep in touch. So, uh, thanks for listening. We will catch you guys next week, I promise. Have a great week, everybody. 